Welcome back to the Goblin Squad. I'm Brooke. I'm Sarah. And And we have a special guest in the studio. We do. And the Red Room, which is quite small. Yeah. As you all (laughs) know. As we've discovered. (laughs) Uh, And our special guest today is going by an alias to keep his identity secret because we don't want to anger the Bigfoot community. (laughs) No. (laughs) We're going to call him the Commodore. (laughs) Welcome, Commodore. Thank you. Nice to be here. In this very small room. It's quite small. I've never uh, been so close to someone. It's very red. <laughs> I feel like we're like going to cast spells or something. We're just we sitting in a sitting circle in with a crystals circle in the middle. On the floor. <laughs> um, we've been down the rabbit hole of Bigfoot research for several days. And now I feel like... Oh, spoiler alert. This week. <laughs> we just need we're to We're talking about Bigfoot. And Bigfoot? Is that you? Should be the name of this episode. Yeah. Or Sasquatch, the Sam Squanch. <laughs> Many names. Many names. Yes. But uh, this week we decided to tackle a myth, a legend, a real quote-unquote creature. Yeah. That Cryptid. It's near and dear to people's hearts. <laughs> yes. The Bigfoot. Especially in Minnesota, Wisconsin. That's area. right. Which apparently, as we have learned from our research is quite squatchy. <laughs> yes. Is the term. Tell me more. <laughs> we will tell you more. Um, so if you've made it to episode... Oh my God, is this episode six? Episode six. If you've made it to episode six, then you're already keenly aware that we have distinctly different personalities <laughs> as far as our, our levels of skepticism, willingness mm. to believe. However, I feel like maybe we've all collectively converged on this one. To a degree. Yeah. There's there's always room for debate on this, I think. But uh, we're going to address the potential existence of Bigfoot mm. in the upper Midwest. Yes. And we're going to review several different uh, experts, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> who have dedicated their Learned lives. folks. Now, uh, again, no, no shade. Um, I think the Commodore and I had a conversation uh, earlier this week discussing how magical it must be to be a Bigfoot researcher, to go out into the woods and oh, yeah. hear the sounds, some of these melodious sounds, uh, which include... Uh, oh! <laughs> I heard one now. Sounds like that. Or possibly. <laughs> these are all sounds you may or may not hear in the woods. And the Commodore has spent many hours in the woods. Many, many hours. That is true. And you've, you've heard a lot of sounds. Many. And uh, I think it's fair to say that some of them were not easy to explain. That many of them were very scary. What kind of scary? Well, when you're young and you're in the woods, everything is new. True. Right? Yeah. And some of them you can't really identify. Some of them sound, well, you can't imagine what they would come out of. That's true. We've been in right. our backyards and thought there was 
screaming okay. humans. The, f- the foxes in my yard mm-hmm. alone. It sounds like someone's murdering a small child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's horrifying. Lynxes are terrible. Owls. Oh my god. Owls. owls. Yeah. Yes. You, the, the sounds that owls make sometimes are completely unidentifiable. Especially if they're killing something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a bunny. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide variety of sounds you might actually hear uh, in in the woods, but one of the one of the things that I find so fascinating about the potential existence of Bigfoot in Minnesota specifically is that there's a very passionate group of pro Bigfoot I don't want to say researchers <laughs> enthusiasts <laughs> enthusiasts in upper in upper Minnesota, central Minnesota. Yes. Because Minnesota is home to the quote unquote Bigfoot capital, which a lot of people debate. But uh, Reamer, good old Reamer, Minnesota, <laughs> has uh, <laughs> named himself the Bigfoot capital of North you don't America. Say. I do, I do say, <laughs> I say that. There's a sign. I've seen the sign. They they have more than one. They have more than one. Yes. They have a statue, I think, don't they? Yep. Yep. I've driven through. Yeah. Same. I've never stopped, but that's gonna that's gonna change after everything yeah. I've learned this week. I I wanna I wanna go into that that bar. And a couple, couple of restaurants talk to some folks. I don't know if Brooke is aware, but a lot of the time that I spent in the woods as a kid was in Reamer. Really? Indeed. Yeah. That is where the cabin was. Yep. Did, did you hear the knocks? I heard all the sorts sneezes. of things. It was terrifying. <laughs> did you hear a sound like this? <laughs> because that apparently is also a sound. <laughs> that a Bigfoot makes in Reamer, Wisconsin. I mean, Minnesota. <gasps> For shame. <laughs> My God, kids. Did you hear anything like that? <laughs> uh, I did not. No. Not Nothing like that. Did you ever see anything that you couldn't explain? Sure. Yeah. Especially out in the woods all day or out in a deer stand. Um, you know, in that time of year. And it's kind of... I don't know. It gets dark early and it's kind of overcast a lot of times. And you, you know, eventually, once your senses kind of get used to where you are, sometimes I think your mind throws in things that aren't really there. Yeah. Try to fill in the blank spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Been there before where you just, you don't know what you're seeing, you don't know what you're feeling. You're dealing with fear. You're dealing with anxiety. And so your brain works very hard to make it something. And sometimes that's something that makes sense. And sometimes it's something that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think we should kind of jump into the research that we've done this week. Yeah. Um, I have to admit, so I I, want to start out right away by saying that I mean no disrespect at all in any way to any of the indigenous cultures that have stories related to Bigfoot or yep, Sasquatch. Um, this is not about that. I no. have profound respect for those tales. Um, I have profound respect for the meaning of the entity. And and so this this episode is not really addressing, from my, from my side, the indigenous population's belief in cultural significance of Sasquatch and Bigfoot and the many, many other names that are associated it's with like that. Usually the the wild man mm-hmm. of the woods. Yep. And there are many. I mean in, mm-hmm. in, in Well especially up here with like Ojibwe and stuff. It's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, this is this is more about the uh, resurgence of of the popular Bigfoot legend. 
Bigfoot 2023. This is is definitely (laughs) Bigfoot 2023. And I want to take you all back in time to the first uh, visual of Bigfoot that I ever had as a child. Are you familiar with a little television show called The uh, Six Million Dollar Man? Oh, my God. (laughs) That was Lee Majors. I I believe you're right. I believe that was Lee Majors. Uh, There was a story arc in Six Million Dollar Man where Lee Majors in Northern California comes across a Sasquatch, uh, a bionic Sasquatch, uh, who, as it turns out, was built uh, by aliens who released him into the mountains to cover up their activities. Uh, But he was also a sentient bionic Sasquatch, not just a monster. Uh, And as a kid, I loved him. (laughs) I I thought he was the best thing I had ever seen. And I was like, this is the best show with the best storyline and I, I was a child. Is it fair to say we're also not talking about that Bigfoot? No, we're also... <laughs> because that Bigfoot is a shining... That we know of. <laughs> I mean, maybe. A shining example of the glory of cinematic Bigfoot. Right. I mean, and Lee Majors. When you hear a Bigfoot whack Lee Majors with his arm and it goes... That's cinematic gold so i'm not also i'm not i'm not throwing any shade on bionic bigfoot no not no. at all um however <laughs> in recent years there has been a very large influx in uh television shows if you will including a few very popular television shows that took off um some of you may be familiar with the show finding bigfoot yes uh and also there's an an oldie buddy but a goodie by my my favorite geologist, Mr. Scott Walter, uh, <laughs> and there's I'm gonna have to have he's a, s- a forensic geologist. Can you stop that sass <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm gonna His full title. <laughs> I'm you're right though. He does call himself a forensic. I, I can feel the tension. I mean, <laughs> it's increasing. <laughs> I have I mean, to admit that he's I, her nemesis. That's what we're going. What happens when you realize in a moment of terror that you agree with something coming out of the mouth of your nemesis? It's rough. It is rough. rough I went through that this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we both watched the same episode. It was America Unearthed, tracking down Bigfoot in Minnesota. Season three, episode 11. Bump. (laughs) (laughs) That that is the episode. Yes. Let's start there. So it starts with a call from uh, Mr. Ed Welch in Lionel Lakes, Minnesota. You ever been to Lionel Lakes? I haven't. Can't, can't say that I have. Pretty sure I've driven through Lionel Lakes. <laughs> Got a beautiful water tower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and big feet, apparently. <laughs> Stunning. I don't, I don't think it's a large town. No, it's in the metro area. But uh, yeah, uh, so y- you watch this. Mm-hmm. My homie Ed, you know, comes out with his his straight knife on his belt and his super fun necklace that he had on. <laughs> I had some immediate concerns. <laughs> you, you you get visceral feelings, I'll say, uh, when you see him appear on, on for screen. Any, for anyone that's interested, and I will link this episode in, in the, the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. yeah, because the full episode is available on YouTube. Um, right away, you're gonna see why my eyebrow was raised. Yeah. <laughs> So, the premise is that Scott Walter is using his research prowess to determine whether or not 
quote-unquote documented sightings of Bigfoot uh, in the state of Minnesota can be proven with actual evidence, scientific fact. Uh, for anyone who's listening to this who might be unfamiliar with what Bigfoot is, um, there's actually a wide variety of explanations as to what Bigfoot supposedly looks like, behaves yeah. like. Especially up here. Too. Well, the very first thing that shocked me in this episode is that Mr. Welch describes mm. Bigfoot as like a, he says it has like light colored hair. Yep. And, and grayish like white. Grayish white hair. Yeah which is contrary to every anecdotal story mm -hmm. I've heard of North American Bigfoot. Right. Um, and then also my favorite part of the description is that it seemed to glide through the forest, almost like an apparition. Maybe it was a leucistic one. Oh, that's fair. That's in <laughs> science. That would be incredibly accurate. <laughs> Lacking all of the dark pigments. But it, he started the story by saying it made a very large crack, like it just broke a branch, mm -hmm. and then it became silent. It became very silent. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't hear any footfall or any motion. And he said the thing was jacked. Like he also said he was between yoked. 30 <laughs> and 35 yards away. And, uh, and <laughs> we, we're having some technical difficulty. The Commodore's never been in the red room. He has questions. <laughs> everything's going, everything's going. Technology is befuddling. <laughs> um, Okay, what's with these We Are the World headphones? <laughs> okay, I don't think you should talk about Mr. Quincy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. They're nice, though. They're comfortable. Good, good they quality. are very nice. Yeah. We Are the World <laughs> headphones. You get out of here with your orange mic cover. <laughs> they do kind of look like Skittles or like we're in like Scooby-Doo or something. <laughs> We, we have a very Scooby Doo collect the mystery machine. Halloween theme pack. Oh, really? Purple, orange, and lime green. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's a good theme for the episode. It is. But uh, yeah, so he basically said, saw this thing. It was grayish white. It was about 35 yards away from him, floated away into mm -hmm. the woods silently, chased it. Yeah, he, his response was to yeah. chase it. Yeah. Which he very specifically says is what he did. Yeah, even though he was crippled with fear, mm -hmm. chased it. We're gonna like break you this. Do. We're gonna break this down because <laughs> I don't know about you, but no. in any moment where I have been crippled with fear, my immediate response is not to chase the thing I am no. terrified of. It is the exact opposite response. If I have the capability to move, I am. I am gone. Especially an unknown. Eight foot tall, jacked, something. When a, when a man <laughs> like, in a wide brimmed hat with a straight knife says it had rippling back muscles, <laughs> that wouldn't be my plan to approach whatever no. that supposedly was. No. And then he said he uh, it disappeared, and then he had a panic attack, and then he ran back to the parking lot. I believe mm -hmm. and said he was in shock for about mm. three days. Three days. That's a long time. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but Mr. Scott Walter says, well, this sighting is great. Yeah. And he actually says something rational. Damn him. <laughs> he says, I need hard evidence in order to prove the existence of this. And Mr. Welch. He's a geologist. Yeah. Because Forensic he's a, <laughs> geologist. Asterisk. A man, man of science. <laughs> he, he gets directed to a 
a more extensive Bigfoot researcher. Oh, Ed, my homie Ed, he knows a guy. He knows a guy. And this guy is invested. Uncle Doug. Uncle <laughs> Doug. In Blaine, Minnesota. And uh, Doug has essentially a Bigfoot command center. Oh, my God. In his house. Yeah. Uh, he has he has all of the the traditional Bigfoot propaganda, mm -hmm. the stills of the famous video, the like Leonardo da Vinci yes. poster, <laughs> the Vitruvian man, but <laughs> Bigfoot, Bigfoot, and like he's a got... man in their underwear yeah. <laughs> next to Bigfoot. Oh. Who doesn't because have that? <laughs> we want, right. We want it to be you know PC. We want no one should be scarred. Um, he has the replica gigantic Epithecus yes. skulls. Uh, he's got it all. He's got it all in this office. And uh, Scott asks him for hard evidence. And what does he present him with? A hair. A hair in a in a bag. <laughs> Little baggie. Uh, mm -hmm. Looks official. It has a label. Commodore, <laughs> it's not like a Ziploc. <laughs> Commodore, I, I need your help on this. Right, go ahead. When Mr. Doug presented Scott with the hair, right. what did I immediately say? Oh. I believe you said, yeah, that's a human hair. <laughs> Which my immediate response is, using my powers of deduction, I realize that that man <laughs> purchased hair One from somebody. Strand. One strand. I'm going to have to go ahead and buy that hair from you. From the Pacific Northwest. I'm like, uh, so how I, much did my boy Doug pay for that hair? He wouldn't. He wouldn't say. And I he felt, didn't. I felt a little bit bad for Doug actually because I think Doug got hoodwinked. I think he did. This was a, this was an Olaf Omen situation. It was. It was. Uh, except for that, Doug then made a very unfortunate analogy, which was, which was about black bears, if you remember correctly. Yes. So his his, that. his mode of explanation to to Scott Walter with about physical evidence and he said i have this hair scott said well what about bones you know and then that is a valid point yeah mm -hmm. and then we have fossilized remains from animals that have been dead for millions and millions of years why are there no bones or fossils mm -hmm. from a sasquatch or a yeti if this is real so you're yeah. basing this on the premise that bigfoot has bones right i mean we're let's start there okay. i mean what if he's like I'm a gonna, jellyfish i'm gonna remove <laughs> a couple working hypotheses right now we're working on the premise that bigfoot is indeed a large terrestrial bony bony <laughs> ape yeah. creature of some kind that will leave a bone <laughs> Right. If it dies. Unless he's like a bird. I mean, or so well, <laughs> that would be Big Bird. <laughs> he's something totally different, and he exists. He does exist. But also, I mean, spoilers: we've found bird bones. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep. Going. This is Brooke in post. I just wanted to note that I do know that birds have bones. But I was referencing the fact that they are light and usually hollow and they rapidly decompose. And back to the show. So he questions him, well, you know, we have not find, found any fossilized remains. How do you explain that? And um, poor Doug. Uh, Doug says, well, how do you explain how uh, no one finds the remains of black bears? Do you know there are thousands of black bears? Yeah, and have like, you I've ever found them? Have you ever met a person who's found a black bear? And Scott Walter says, "I have found a black bear." 
yeah. and I took the skull. <laughs> like I was hiking one day. <laughs> he was like, well, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah. And so it was just kind of a study in absurdity, in my opinion. Like, okay, so he has this hair. The next logical step is to get this hair tested, right? To yes. test the DNA of this hair and figure out what type of animal it actually belongs to which he agrees to do mm-hmm. and gives yeah. to scott so, he's excited about it so he's in, like let's do it yeah right. in good faith he actually wants to know right yeah. um so that all seemed really positive and i don't have any issue with people wanting to believe in bigfoot right um i i only take issue with people going out into the world and saying that something is evidence or something is proof that bigfoot mm-hmm. is there when it is literally not in any way proof that bigfoot no. is there so uh as you will see that seems to be a common thing yes yes um, it is so fast forward through this scott does test this hair mm-hmm. and the results yes. do come back and uh what is the hair <clears throat> It's a human hair. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, which deeply wounds Doug. No, no, it did no, not. No, it does not. But he covers <laughs> for it by saying that in no way surprises him because every hair he's ever had tested comes back human. Human. Hmm. And I sat there, and it took me like a full ten seconds. Before I was, you dissociated. I did. I (laughs) snapped right out. I was like, "Okay, so what he's saying is every hair that he's tested is from a human, and he's completely aware of that." And then he says, "Because Sasquatch hair tests as human, because we probably share so much DNA." Blood armor. Like it is essentially blood armor, because I'm sorry. You can determine if a hair belongs to a human or a gorilla. Yeah. Or an orangutan. While they may look similar, they're distinctly different. Yes. Yes. So there is in there's no evidence at all anywhere. And 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 no information at all from any of these tests that would suggest at any point that a quote unquote Sasquatch hair would look exactly the same as a human hair. Because then what you're saying is they're just a large, hairy human being. <laughs> right. And that is a whole different problem. It's a diagnosable one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be, Commodore. Right. <laughs> yes. So, again, there's just this, you, you want evidence, you test something for evidence, you get the result, and instead of accepting the, the proven scientific result, you go... La 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 la. Perhaps la, la. they should have given it to a forensic beautician. <laughs> oh, two snaps. <laughs> Thank you for dragging on my nemesis. <laughs> he was abnormally rational, I will say, in this um, episode. Mr. Walter? <laughs> yes. Not Doug. Sorry, Doug. Love you so much. <laughs> It did pain me, actually, to see how sane Scott Walter seemed in this episode. Yeah. In in between there, our, our homie, Mr. Walter, he went to California to look at some drawings. Some drawings. <laughs> they were, they were uh, 
pictographs, I believe. Yes. And the pictographs themselves, see in the Pacific Northwest for that? Mm-hmm. The pictographs themselves are really, really beautiful. I mean, very cool. And apparently quite large. Yeah. Which, um, if you've seen pictographs, a lot of times they're not huge. I mean, These depending upon... to scale. They were... Yeah, that, and that kind of confused me, too, because they said, well, the, the big hairy man is eight feet tall, so it's drawn actual size. And I'm thinking, was there a scale there <laughs> alongside? How, How did we you know, know it's right? actual size? Actual size. You could do it in, like, the hands, like, of a horse. Yeah, <laughs> like, how did you know that the hairy man was eight feet tall, did you? And so, again, this this pictograph is of indigenous origin. Mm-hmm. And so this is apparently part of the creation story of that particular tribe um and mr walter went out there was shown uh, an image of them he didn't actually get to visit those no. pictographs she had a replica in the trunk of her car in the trunk of her car <laughs> that's where i <laughs> which, keep my replicas which she then <laughs> the super, most important one superimposed a uh, a drawing <laughs> Like an overhead sheet. It was like those plastic overhead projector <laughs> sheets you that your yeah. teachers used to wipe clean hundreds of times a day from their special dry erase markers. I thought it was yes. a cornhole board at first. It was it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. She's unrolling it, you know, getting it out to, to make it easier to see what the pictographs are showing. Uh and it's it's kind of a legitimately it's a little bit creepy. I mean yeah. And then she tells the story of, of this uh, area's Sasquatch legend, which they refer to as the Hairy Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually kind of a tragic story about how man ascends from the earth and sees the Hairy Man and is terrified of him and runs away. And the Hairy Man weeps because man is afraid of him. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, there's th- this heartbreaking. Um, and then she says my favorite line of the entire show. Do you want to see Bigfoot's bones? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Scott's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a geologist. A forensic geologist. <laughs> and she takes him to a gigantic pile of rocks. And he, boulders, if you will. And he looks at her and says, well, these are rocks. He was like, I was catfished. <laughs> As it turns out, that's just the name of the rock. It was a metaphor, if you if you will. So again, once again, no actual evidence was presented, no. uh, which then sends him down yet another rabbit hole, which is I would call it more than a rabbit hole, uh, which is pursuing a similar cryptid story or legend in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> so. The whole finding Bigfoot in Minnesota kind of uh, goes out the he's, window. He's he gave milking. up after like seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's well, milking the budget yeah. for that show. Travel like, channel. I'm going to go to Nepal. The travel Channel's going to pay me to go to Nepal. Right. like, I'm getting the full history. Look at history. some of that crazy mad honey. <laughs> yeah, so right. that, was, that was bonkers. And again, he goes to Nepal. And I'll be the first one to admit, I really want the Yeti to be real. Mm-hmm. I almost find that more compelling. Well, like, if we're talking, like, if we're believers or not, like, I, the Yeti up there in those mountains, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, there are, I mean, in Minnesota, yeah, there's some dense forests and yeah. hard-to-access swamps, uh, but I myself, have I've not spent as many hours outside as the Commodore, 
but I've sent, spent many hours outside in forests and swamps at night doing audio surveys for owls. You sound fun. I, <laughs> I hang out in swamps. Hey, man. It's, it's a vibe. It's the whole point of our goblin squad aesthetic. <laughs> it's Sad. what touche. It's what we do. We hang out in swamps at night. Yeah, and I'll I'll admit there have been times where I'm like, okay, I'm creeped. I you know your yeah. skin crawls and you're like, I feel, I feel like there's something watching me, and there probably is. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I ever thought it was a Bigfoot? No, mountain no, I haven't. Lion, maybe. I've been concerned about a mountain lion. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is by far, I mean, second to a human, yeah. the mountain mm-hmm. lion is by far the most concerning thing. Uh, human is always the number one most Especially concerning thing. if we're talking dense forests and stuff. Oh my God. Like, there if, could be some dude who's been in there since the eighties that we just don't know about. Yeah, if a dude mm-hmm. comes, built a cabin. If a dude comes out of the woods at one thirty-three a.m. while I'm looking for <laughs> owls, I have bigger concerns than Fair. Bigfoot. So the fact that Scott went to Nepal... And then kind of, sort of, almost disrespected their very very strong cultural belief that Yeti is real. Mm -hmm. And they're Um, like, yeah, thanks. We didn't ask. Yeah. And in their monastery. Yep. And and is asking to like like, see. To the Sherpa. (laughs) Yeah. Whose name was, whose name was the best Sherpa name? Tenzig. Tenzig. And I was like, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. on top of all of that, you know, they're like, no, you cannot touch the sacred, supposedly 500-year-old Yeti scalp. Do I think that's a Yeti scalp? No, I don't. Um, Other explorers and researchers have Mm -hmm. since examined those Yeti scalps. Mm -hmm. Good old Josh Gates got to see that Yeti scalp. Uh, He got unfettered access to it. They they let... They let uh, Mr. Walters look at it. They let Josh Gates like play <laughs> rugby with it. And he tested it, and yeah, I think I think it's a testament to being polite. I think so. I think he was did and, everything. And Josh Gates is universally he's just a pretty cool dude. He's a king, actually. He's we pretty great. Him. We do love Josh Gates. Yeah, big fan, big fan. And they just let Mr. Walter. He did. had his camera from like 2004 they're back mm-hmm. in you know the kids be wanting those digital the cameras digital, the myspace mm-hmm, cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what he was using to take the highly scientific i think image. it still ran on double a batteries <laughs> the same camera i used to take a picture SD card in there <laughs> to take a picture of my iris up close to post on myspace in 2001 you I'm know or whatever e- year edited on your photo mm-hmm. bucket account oh i did oh, yeah. yeah you know i did I'm going to increase the saturation. So, <laughs> make it look real green. <laughs> yes. So that was the level of detail that he was able to get. And then he's like, ooh, this hair has been cut. Which, according to researcher Doug, means that it can't possibly be a wild animal hair if it's been cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about the validity <laughs> of all of those hypotheses. Yeah. Um but, you know... They seem pretty fast and loose about their hair protocol. They do. Uh, also, taking it with a digital camera and zooming in <laughs> with not great lighting. And I was like, is no. that even a 4K camera? Uh, <laughs> I was like, is that You're a piece of hair? You're looking at it like 1080p. I was like, what year was this? <laughs> is was that a human like, finger? Was it like 2008? 
I think it was 2014. But then, I'm, not then I'm questioning the validity. I'm right. like, where was your smartphone? I know. <laughs> they spent all the money on the trip to Nepal. <laughs> to Nepal. It was yeah. a small budget. He had to buy that hat that said Nepal on it. And wear it around. <laughs> You'll blend right in. I was like, dude. When he's at the little street market, like yeah. asking how much it like, is. Out of everything you bought, you bought a hat that says Nepal? Okay, stop. Stop busting his chops. I will I never. <laughs> you cannot make me. Also, you knew you were going to Nepal from Minnesota. You didn't have like a toque or a beanie. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. It's prepared. cold there. Yeah. Uh, one might say. And you know, here I am dragging Scott Walter again. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, it got to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I had to look at the Commodore and say... I agree with Scott Walter. Yeah. And I blacked out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the reality of it is, he goes through this entire process and interviews all these people and goes to all these places, and not at any point in the entire episode does he come up with a single shred of evidence. Mm-hmm. No. Not one. He has many conversations with people that have, quote-unquote, encountered them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um or believe they've encountered them, no one has ever been able to provide any evidence. Which led me down the next rabbit hole of Bigfoot television shows, which was the most notorious, (laughs) Finding Bigfoot. (laughs) Now, if you've ever watched Finding Bigfoot, how many consecutive episodes of Finding Bigfoot do you think you could take? Well, I have a... Did they find him? I mean, it was on... (laughs) It was on for a really long time. I'm pretty sure there are like, I don't know how many seasons, but like a lot. Like like snow leopards are notoriously <laughs> difficult. And like if we had a, a series called Finding a Snow Leopard, it would be one episode. And they'd be like, we found it. <laughs> we just hun- can't hunker down. <laughs> you know? We set up some camera some tracks. Yeah, trail cameras. Yeah. I feel similar to it. Like with Ghost Adventures. Very similar because like, the show has a formula. It had like 23 seasons and it's a lot of like, did you hear that? <laughs> did you see it? The ectoplasm. <laughs> right. It's like, but I didn't see it. Like, I feel it on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I feel it too. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> All of you could experience the visual right. of Brooke, Brooke going full Zach Baggins. I have strong feelings about Mr. Big. Oh, see, oh. we've just we've just established your episode. Yes. If you I'll can, take that. If you can go like multiple seasons and not identify the target, maybe you're just not very good at your job. I just mm. want to sum oh, up. That's, I'm sorry. Was that the bitter truth? It was wasn't too much. Too much. <laughs> like, it wasn't too much. Was was the tea too hot? <laughs> Did <Yeah>. it burn? <laughs> so, here's the thing. The show has a very simple formula. It is. The team gets in the car. They drive on location. They're all sitting in there. Mr. Moneymaker... Bobo, mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever else is there. Someone's Uncle Mike. Paul? Is, no, no, no. He's Pops. in Minnesota. I'm sorry. Pops. Pops. <laughs> we'll get to Pops. Paternalized. We'll get to Pops. Um, 
And so they drive into wherever they're going, discussing how the people that live at that place claim they've seen Bigfoot, and there's no way that could possibly be true, because they all come from places that see Bigfoot more than those places. Oh, yeah. Then they go there, and they it's meet like locals. Turf wars. It is, because Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. We, we People in Minnesota claim that, that the home of Bigfoot is Reamer, Minnesota. However, if you dig into their own stats, the most number of sightings, quote unquote, has actually occurred in a completely different county. The county we live in, St. Louis Louis. County. (laughs) So anyway, they go there, they find a colorful cast of locals, they interview them, then they go, well, this sounds pretty squatchy. (laughs) There's uh, there's some validity here. We're going to go out. We're going to do our own investigation. Bum, mm-hmm. bum. They go out into woods mm-hmm. that all somehow look the same. Yeah. They bring a very specific set of supplies. They bring like a, a little bat mm-hmm. or a to, stick log. To hit the trees. To hit the trees. They call them squatch knockers. <laughs> Which is a whole other can of worms Yikes. we're not going it into. Sounds like a fetish thing. <laughs> it seems. Um, sounds like a certain and, search. I know what, I'm, <laughs> what business I'm going My into. My Google history is destroyed. <laughs> the Commodore's Squatch Knockers. <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel like we've just established some Goblin Squad merch. <laughs> um, stickers coming soon. And carved by the Commodore. <laughs> and carved. Commodore signature on every knocker. <laughs> God, it's like a door knocker. So, okay. That would be great. With It's just a foot that knocks on the door. <laughs> it's, a bi- it's a big foot. Oh, yeah. So they go out. And, and the first episode I watched was the Reamer, Minnesota episode. And if anyone thinks we're not going to Reamer after recording this, oh. then you're mistaken. Because did you just say? I, I <laughs> What did I just say? <laughs> we're not going Oh my God! To Reamer. This is a family friendly <laughs> show. If you don't think we're going to visit Reamer, <laughs> there you go. Then you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go out into the woods mm. at Reamer, and the first thing they say is, Well, this is a good sign. There's a squatch roadblock. Mm-hmm. And I was that. like, What the hell is a squatch roadblock? There were two downed trees. In the trail, and they said, well, this is 100% irrefutably a roadblock put there by a Sasquatch. Yep, or definitely Squatch. The wind. Yeah, <laughs> because, because that night, there was no wind. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no way those trees fell at any other time for any other reason. It sounds like you're skeptical. Were they dead trees? Yes. They <laughs> no looked... one actually looked super close at those trees. I'm gonna <laughs> they, admit, they just they glazed just right, like, right on past and, and I remember the Commodore saying, what are they blocking? <laughs> just, just the trail? Or you could just step over them? It was a metaphorical blocking. It was. It was to, to let you to know, know the that they foot, were there. The Bigfoots think we can't walk through the woods? We can't walk around two down trees? They were going to stop your ATV. Oh. Yeah. That's what it was about. It was about stopping the ATV. So then they're like, well, this is a great time. This is 100% proof that big feet are out here. Mm. So then they move forward and they find a tree. And that's when I learn about the lingo. Mm -hmm. Uh, The knock 
oh, yes. is a very specific, quote unquote, sign that Bigfoot uses to communicate with each other. And so oftentimes what it sounds like, which we have already mimicked once, but we're going to mimic again, <laughs> is you going out in the woods, we're all walking in the woods, and someone says, Sarah to Commodore. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to do a knock. And then I say, go ahead. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then they listen intently. <laughs> yeah. They listen they intently. Yeah. And then without Hand any warning, the without any warning, one of the crew will turn away from the rest and they'll make a sound into the darkness that sounds like. <laughs> and then they'll wait. And then they'll say, Brooke, did you hear that? Like, I heard you, <laughs> homie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they'll say, Whoa! I heard a knock. Mm-hmm. I heard it. We've alerted them to our presence. They're not going to stay here. They're too smart. They moved on. And now I get this sentiment, right? Because it's like, I've been known to go in a graveyard and mess around with a Ouija board and yeah. listen for stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder at what what portion of it is you just... Out in the woods with your friends doing some weird shit. It's like thrill-seeking. Yeah, it's just like weird, supernatural thrill-seeking. Yeah. Just to see. Which I'm here for. Yeah, just to see if something happens. Um, And again, I think we run into the obstacle when it becomes a show on a channel like the Travel Channel. Or in the past, I've talked about the History Channel. And people watch it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, The (laughs) quote-unquote history channel. People watch it, or more concerning to me, kids watch it, and then are like, those Mm -hmm. people are scientists. Those are researchers. Forensic (laughs) geologists. Children do grow up, right, to be adults. They do. Who have learned something that was not right. Well, I saw about a Sam Squanch, and they go, (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, It's the same as World War II. Like. No, no, it's not. It's not a fact. Um, So when they get, they they do their little like cut interviews, you know, the one-on-one where they do the filler interviews and they cut to Mr. Matt Moneymaker. And every single episode, they go to Matt Moneymaker and he says, the Squatches are definitely here. We've heard heard the knocks. We know they're in the area. Mm -hmm. We just need to spend more time investigating. And they do that for like 200 episodes. Right. And then they say, hold on, I'm going to knock on this tree. And then they knock on the tree. And then there's somebody, uh, another place, going, did you hear that? And then that person goes, (laughs) and then they go, and then the other person who knocked on the tree goes, oh my God, did you hear that? And so basically what you have, it's a bunch of adults in the woods yelling at each other. And then thinking that they're Bigfoot, and then they're scaring each other. <laughs> now, my thoughts are right. the people whose houses are close to there, <laughs> right, are like, they like, I was hearing some crazy <laughs> shit in the woods, yeah. man. They're I think like, it was big. And is it just like a, a don't self-fulfilling? Do <laughs> but is it a self-fulfilling prophecy oh, right. where they're all just hearing each other going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, when they 
did the Reamer episode, they're on like a lake with houses around yeah. it. Right, right. And then like the sound travels across the water. All like people, people are in there are playing like, Monopoly. Like, and what shit. the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, did you hear something out there? Last night I heard some was an adult ass. man yelling. Was that pop? So these are the issues. Um, I have with the show. And again, spoilers, they never find a damn Bigfoot. I know. Because I want them to. I want I wanna believe. I just I, I kinda love I have trouble. I love the fun of it. If yeah. you look at it as like almost like like live action role playing. Mm. You're out there in the woods pretending you're a Sasquatch researcher. Right. And that you as a team are working on this paranormal paradox. I get paid to lie to people. And and so clearly... They're just LARPing. They're just... I mean, and like, again... I mean, I'm, like, wrestling isn't real either, but at least those people so are fun, athletes. It's so fun, It's so fun. Because we're all in on it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, uh, most of us are. Right. <laughs> Some leave, people are like, leave, did you see him hit him with that chain? <laughs> leave Proctor out of it. <laughs> Brooke can say that. She, <laughs> she knows. Yes. So, yeah, I think, again, there there are people, not just these people on the show, who genuinely believe that Bigfoot is real. Yes. Um. I, I'm not saying that Bigfoot at some point in time didn't exist mm-hmm. because... Gigantopithecus. Yeah. I mean, there are, are many animals that are extinct that are are absolutely mind-blowing um i think that the other issue i have with it is is the other items or like um facts or like evidence that they bring forward yeah and one of the things i would actually like to do is go out and try to replicate some of that evidence because in that very same episode Yes. A person brings to, and they hold these town halls in the episode where they go into the communities mm-hmm. and they invite community members to come and tell their stories in a in a quote unquote safe area so you don't feel ridiculed. Yeah. I do think that if you went out in the woods and you saw something freaky, mm-hmm. which is, is definitely a, an experience a lot of people have had, where you go out in the oh, woods yeah. and you see something and you can't explain what mm-hmm. it is, um, and you want to talk about it. If you're going to get validation in a group of people by by saying what you saw and they say, well, that sounds like you saw a Bigfoot and you feel good about that, of course you're going to want to go with that. Why yeah. would you not want people to validate your experience as not crazy, you know, yeah. um, because you did have an experience. You just don't know what it is. And so someone comes to this town hall meeting and brings a cast of a footprint which has always been a very interesting piece of evidence to me. Yeah. As a kid, you know that book that like many households had. I think it was called Mysteries of the Unexplained, or like the it had like it had like the the picture of the Loch Ness monster on the front that was yeah. proven as a hoax. Yep. And you went through it, and it had all those images, and it had the mm-hmm. the still photos of that notorious Bigfoot video from the California and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it had pictures of these foot casts and I was like super and it had the uh, also famous Yeti footprints in the snow photographs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to track a copy of that book down because it should live in the red room. Um, yes. Such a cool book. And as a kid, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Like I just <laughs> loved that book. Right. And I was like, the possibility that any of this could be real is just so magical and so awesome. 
why would you not want it to be real? Of course you want it to be real. Yeah. If any actual evidence existed that, that a creature like Bigfoot lived in North America and none of us knew about it, no one anywhere had ever found it, and then we suddenly did, that would be mind-blowing mm-hmm. yeah. in such a cool way. Well, it would mean they're smart as fuck. Yeah, because how did they dodge they everybody? They eluded us mm-hmm. all this time. All time. And yeah. that they know how to cover the tracks. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, so to speak, because they're not covering the tracks. Right. <laughs> right. And then it, wouldn't it mean that they've just been messing with people this whole time? Like, <laughs> let's go hit some trees out in the woods. <laughs> let's go behind this guy and go blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then go back to our cave or whatever. Let's throw some rocks <laughs> Right, these people, yeah. Because again, if they really exist and they've eluded detection this entire I feel like time, they have to be sentient. Yeah, like, and smarter than people. Yeah, and literally working for the NSA because <laughs> probably because they're stealth wizards. So this this footprint cast that this guy brings in, uh, he brings in, and I think he says it's fifth. Is it fifteen inches in length? Fourteen right. or fifteen inches in length? And I was like. So was mine. I was like, that's not actually that big of a foot. (laughs) I was like, that's a big foot, but like, it's not a big foot, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, I know people with feet that size. That's a medium foot, actually. It's not that great. Don't gloat. (laughs) What are you saying? Your feet aren't special, (laughs) average foot. So then they. They say, you know, they look at it and they show them the cast and they show the quote unquote experts the cast and they're like, oh, it bends at this exact location. It has all these digits. It's definitely a Sasquatch footprint. Stay in your lane. They don't know yep. what a human foot looks like. Right. So yeah. so they, the the guy that brings it in says, well, we, we know that I took this cast. I can take you out to see the location. Yeah. And very conveniently overnight, it has rained a deluge of rain and the location has filled with water so you can't see the footprint it's gone the track is gone but they did take a video of it and so they show the team the video and there on the video is a very very distinct footprint now the funny thing about this footprint is that uh you can see like the scratch marks in it where Mm. where I mean, if this was a real footprint, somebody had like a callus problem. I mean, <laughs> maybe if they're a Bigfoot and they're a walking around. But, they um, needed a podiatrist. They really did. So, um, but, but you can like very clearly see that it yeah. was scraped out and shaped uh, ah. in the mud. Um, it was enhanced. Yeah. And they see it and they, they say that is absolute evidence. There are footprints here. There are... And... Uh, my favorite part about this footprint story is that the man who saw the Sasquatch that made these footprints was trapped in a canoe by the Sasquatch <laughs> for three hours. <laughs> mm. Because, did he say three hours? I believe it was, yeah, like the SS Minnow. <laughs> was it a three hour tour? Um, three hours trapped in a canoe. Yeah. I was like, homie, Where why didn't you I just go? row away? <laughs> Like, why didn't you paddle to the other side of the lake? Sure. (laughs) He just jumped off. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Was he like holding the oar in his neck? (laughs) You don't know, man. You weren't there. He was out there. And my other favorite part is the guy that, quote unquote, saw the Sasquatch while he was trapped in his canoe did his own reenactment video. It's him reenacting it himself in the show. 
And I was like, that's the same guy. That's the same guy. Uh, <laughs> so he claims that this Bigfoot kept him at bay by by being menacing and aggressive in the water and splashing around and making a whole scene. And he couldn't come into shore until his cousin came ripping up in his truck and scared the Bigfoot away and it went crashing through the brush and left these footprints. And I was like, homie, why didn't you follow the footprints then? Like, if you really saw this... Right. And again, other other plot hole, right? So did you call your cousin to come get you? Yeah. Which would mean you had a phone... That you could have taken pictures with. At any point in time. Video. I mean, it could have been a flip phone. Mm. Didn't they still have camera? How how old was this episode? Right? I don't know. I have to double check but the dates. Even like... Basic flip phones but like, now have like a 720p. Did you sit there <laughs> like, for three hours it. before you thought to call your cousin? Like what 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 were you doing here? You know, and and there was like no discussion of how absolutely irrational the entire situation is. And then then the Bigfoot takes off right mm-hmm. into the forest, and no one finds any other evidence other than two footprints mm-hmm. left in the very clear mud. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, this Because stinks. then they float away silently. They do, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they either float away silently or they break everything around them. Right. Or both. Or they go, <laughs> and tell you where they are. <laughs> so why would they do that? You know, there's just it's just... Uh, it's almost like they're not real. It's almost <laughs> like they're not real. Weird. <sighs> it's one of but those... But why would people yeah. lie about them? Oh, Huh. They could get a show on the History Channel. Well, that's cynical, but actually correct. I mean, and I understand why the show's popular, right? Because you hope at some point in time they find Bigfoot. All you're doing is waiting for them to do the thing the show is called, which is finding Bigfoot. I hope he's pissed when they find him. Well, that's the thing. What what he's written like a whole novel about it. What happens? He's like, I have written down every time you guys have come into my woods. Right. So okay, let's let's back that train up because most of the Sasquatch researchers claim that Bigfoot is a large bipedal ape, Mm. like Mm -hmm. eight feet tall. So jacked. So he's on TRT. So you know, I I have a biology degree. I should I, brag about it. I, I am right Humble now. Greg. I'm no forensic <laughs> geologist, but I've worked with animals. Um, I've worked in the zoo field. I've been around great apes. Mm. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. work at a facility with them, but I worked with zookeepers who are like professionals. You know, yeah. that's their whole job. Um, there's no reason at all that a Bigfoot would need to flee. If if it is between eight and I don't know twelve, 12 feet tall, right. whatever they're saying, and has as the one one Mr. Ed Welch claims rippling back muscles, <laughs> I'm like Ed, very specific yeah. about the back muscles. Um, <laughs> very. It says something. It does. Uh, very. I think specific. they spelled my name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> he was jacked. Yes. Um, you know, there's they they could kill you in. Split right. second, like why are they just, running away? Yeah, there's no it, it, none of the things they're describing behaviorally match with behavior 
of existing extant great apes. I mean, do great apes throw things at people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do they communicate with each other? Yes. Um, Do they, I mean, like people have been able to go find mountain gorillas that are incredibly difficult to find in places that are incredibly difficult to get to. Mm -hmm. If there's a Bigfoot in Reamer, Minnesota, you're going (laughs) to see it. And I don't understand. I just, I I just. (sighs) Well, why don't they DNA test all the bones that they found? Oh, right. Remember how we covered that? Oh, right. Because there is no. The bones of Bigfoot are a giant pile of rocks. Just a bunch of. They were boulders. (laughs) (laughs) It was like when when Donkey went to Shrek's house. That's a nice boulder. It was that type of situation. Yikes. (laughs) Making waffles. Yeah. And Scott was just like, oh. <laughs> I have to go home now. <laughs> I actually did have a moment of sympathy. I was like, yeah, he got super homie excited. Got, homie got catfished. He, and, really, and he really did. He really was sad about it. And I, for a second, I was like, ooh, that was a dirty trick. And then I went, he deserved it. <laughs> Forensic geologist. I see you. Yeah. Don't make me bring up the fruit stone. Yes. So. I mean, none, and and this Finding Bigfoot show has has been in Minnesota three times in all of the episodes that they've done. They've been in Minnesota three times, and the episodes are essentially carbon copies of each other. There's, there's, it's, they stick to the formula. Um, It's a bunch of people out in the woods yelling at each other and whistling at each other. However, in the Reamer episode, they meet some fantastic individuals who run the Minnesota Bigfoot research? Is it research team? Is that research a- team. Sapien. The MNBRT. The for MNBRT. Sure. <laughs> they have they have merch for they short. Do. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to buy one of the shirts. To tell you the truth, they're bright green on black. Yeah, oh, it's a good vibe. <laughs> really make my eyes pop. <laughs> yeah. They do, and uh, these people are, um, I would say, they're next level. Oh yeah. As far as how they deal with um, mm-hmm. a Bigfoot evidence and research. Oh yeah, they uh, they were founded. It was, I want to say, two thousand. They mm-hmm. were founded by Abe Del Rio. Oh, they Abe. also host a conference every year. Is it in Raymer? Um, I want to say it's in Grand Rapids. Really? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Have you been to Reamer? We put it I've in driven the through Reamer. I love that area, but it's not. There's not a lot of infrastructure. No, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty squatchy out there. Yes, uh, it it is in Grand Rapids every year in early October. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds like Where, a party. Uh, yeah, several people come. They tell stories, and there's vendors, <laughs> and the and the like. But uh, yeah, uh, you got Abe and Pops. Whose name is actually uh, Michael Hexum? Oh, really? I, I did find his real. That's a super Pops villain is not name. His uh, baptismal name. And he went with Pops. His name is Mike Hexum, and he went with Pops. That reminds me of uh, Hexadecimal for anyone that remembers uh. that television show. <laughs> Mike Hex Pops. I was thinking Hex and Beast. Ooh, also a great show. 
And then um, the other young fellow in that video we watched name was Dylan. Dylan did, looks like he got roped not... into this. <laughs> like he's somebody's nephew and he just <laughs> has to go and he's like, like All right, every time this. they ask him, what did you see? He's like, I think it was a Bigfoot. A s- silence. <laughs> it was a class A. I said, yeah. Okay. I have a question. <laughs> What is a class A? I didn't know there were different classes. Does is this the MNBRT's classification system? And if so, I want to see the what's a the breakdown. Yeah, well, right? if what's they go by C? the same, you know, um, is is like the driver's license or the the vehicles? Like a then commercial? it's a very large. It's a very large. <laughs> oh, foot, maybe maybe okay. that's the system. We're it can go haul over twenty six thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with that combination system. Bigfoot. <laughs> Well, have an air brake endorsement. Um, <laughs> well, they follow a similar formula to their research with one very distinct difference, which uh, you've already heard. And it's Pop's special blend. That's a really accurate impression of Pop's. Um, it kind of, it was giving me church flashbacks, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said it reminded me of a certain cartoon character, and I couldn't put it to mind. And you said uh, it was Donnie from Wild Thornberries, <laughs> which I then was like, "You mean Flea?" Yes. Yes. But, uh, I think my original thought was it sounded a lot like the Tasmanian Devil mm-hmm. cartoon from yes. Looney Tunes, uh, which I think it really does yeah. actually. I don't know what he's doing. I'm thinking he's. It's either like a mating call or. Kind of mm. like when you go, or maybe when you go out, you're like hunting bear or something, you do the rabbit call but like, to try to get them to come. Mm-hmm. But like what, what I don't know ex- where he's getting that what sound from. What great ape goes, blah, 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 blah. Like, does a gorilla do that? A Sam squanch. <laughs> the trailer park boys. Nice. I'm like, what, what, uh, what's your reference point for that, I, uh, bud? I, I I don't know. I, I maybe maybe their premise is that Bigfoot pursues prey that's being electrocuted. <laughs> I mean that would be that's easy picking. They like. did have a lot of equipment that yeah, they were going after. I, a lot of sound equipment. Sound like recording equipment. They brought their mm-hmm. beaten sticks too, they did. right? They're yes. knockers. They're <laughs> called they call knockers. Yeah. And and the MMBRT has a special brand with their custom lime green or neon green color on it. So you're never gonna get mixed up with the Finding Bigfoot crew. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're not going to lose that in a campsite. <laughs> no. No, you're not. I just, I honestly, I want to go out and try this and just see what happens. I kind of do too. You'd probably get the police called. There's somebody out in the back 40 hitting my trees. I don't know if we'll do it in Reamer. We're just going to do it in your yard to freak out your neighbors. we we can see though well i actually have bear in my yard which are concerning (laughs) have you ever found their bones (laughs) no but they've messed up my garbage cans and my pool and i'm still salty you only own that pool for like a day a week you had it for a week before the bear ruined it that's sad it was it was unfortunate but I would I would be down to go to the Bigfoot conference in Grand Rapids. Too. I would too. See what it's about cuz as much as as much as we laugh and joke of uh, cuz some of it is 
arguably silly. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? <laughs> what? Like, what if something else is going on there? Or, you know, I think there's interesting mm-hmm. things with within it that would be would be cool to see what's up at those conferences. If only to hear some some cool stories. I want to hear some <laughs> stories. You know. I think again, I always feel like I have to say this disclaimer after we talk about it like a cryptid. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, I I clearly once again land on the Dana Scully side of the situation. Yeah. Um but that doesn't mean I don't like Bigfoot. Right. Like I love Bigfoot. I love the idea of a festival dedicated to Bigfoot. I want a shirt with Bigfoot on it. Mm-hmm. I want like the Bigfoot bear claw that they sell at the festival. Yes. Like I want to get my picture by the giant ugly statue. I want the whole thing. You can put your face through it. And you're like, I'm I big. love <laughs> all of it. I want yes. I want to participate. I want to be there because to me it has fandom vibes, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is a fandom. I enjoy this weird monster. It's no different to me than any other fandom. It's just people want it to be real and keep trying to say it's real, even though there's nothing that's proven it. But it's no different than the Loch Ness Monster people. My thoughts, especially in Minnesota, and the Commodore even mentioned this as well. You brought up your deer stand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pops, a.k.a. Mike, who is someone's Uncle Mike. (laughs) Um, He saw his first Bigfoot from a deer stand on the Iron Range, and he was 14. He claimed the Bigfoot walked into a shooting lane 30 feet in front of him. He told his father, who told him to never speak of it because it would embarrass the family. That actually seems like a legitimate story because everybody's dad would be like, don't talk your crazy shit. I wonder, just that time frame, black bears be standing on their hind legs. Oh my God, all the time. All the time. And if you're in a deer stand... You're 14... You see that from a distance. It's five in the morning. Oh, my God. You're cold. You've been sitting Mm -hmm. out there. You You don't know what you're looking at. It's dark. Sometimes they make weird noises. You're focusing really hard on every sound. You don't want to miss the deer. You don't want to miss, you know. know Maybe there was another drunk dude in a deer stand going, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) There could have been. And he's 14, like. (gasps) I think most people are very genuine with their stories. I do, too. And they believe, I mean, their senses are telling them, this is what you're seeing, this mm-hmm. is what you're hearing. I don't debate that. And, um, you know, I mean, at 19, I saw something in the woods that I couldn't describe. Do you, do you want to tell that story? Well, sure, sure. I can give the abbreviated version. The abbreviated version. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, I was walking with a group of friends, and it was getting to be about nighttime, and something stepped out onto the trail, and it was kind of dark. We didn't really see, but it appeared to be, I don't know, about four or five feet tall. So not not super big, right? Not really frightening, but we stopped. And then it stood up and towered above us. Oh, shit. And ran, or I guess kind of scurried up a little embankment on the left side and we were about 20 feet away from it so very very close very yeah. close but it was super dark well it was getting to be that it was january and it was um you know probably five thirty six, as i recall and but i was with somebody and we looked at each other did you see and that? <laughs> i said 
um, what was that? And he's like, I don't know. And the, the two that were behind us were about 75 feet behind us. We ran back. And they're like, they thought we were kidding. And then they, they saw my reaction that it was, I was terrified. And so for a long time, I realized, I don't know what that was. Could that be a Bigfoot? Well, sure, sure it could be, right? And then I realized Bigfoot don't exist, <laughs> right? Like, because I've never, I've, there's no proof. It, it is unlikely as it is, could it have been a man out in the middle of the woods, hanging out in the dark, walking that seems, on all fours. That seems really weird. Yeah. But I know that men exist mm-hmm. and are mm-hmm. weird and are weird <laughs> and do weird shit. Right? Yes, they do. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. So I. I get that. You know, when things don't make sense, we don't have a folder to put them in, mm-hmm. and we kind of just figure it out. I guess the issue that I have is people who say things exist and it's definitely this and then they profit off of it and then they put it on something like the history channel where kids are learning it and then going yeah this is real Mm -hmm. right and so thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) we have had similar ted talks i think um yeah i think that that's that's my big thing like if you listen to, was that just episode two, Kensington Runestone episode? Yeah. Poor Olaf Omen. Okay. The I guy. Think he got honey dicked. Yep. I think he did. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the guy, he the, did. The guy. Try that to attract Bigfoot. <laughs> oh my God. Tell Bobo. Um, That's a different sound altogether. <laughs> so the poor guy didn't make any money off that thing. No. And, and his, family's, his family's his reputation. His family's story has never wavered. No. At all. Um, but again, does that mean it's real? No, it just means mm-hmm. what he thought. He he believed what he thought. He believed, you know, that what he said and maybe what actually occurred really did happen. Maybe he did find it on his farmland. That doesn't mean that the stone itself is real. Uh, but he had no reason. I mean, he wasn't profiting from it. He wasn't displaying it. He wasn't sending it out on a tour. He wasn't... But other people did, mm-hmm. and other people had reasons to want it to be accurate, including Mr. Scott Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, so the saga <laughs> goes on. So to the point, when when people are financially benefiting from the concept that a thing is real, mm-hmm. and they're being paid by a network or whatever to produce this this content, um, it makes it very difficult to want to like agree or say yeah no i can see that i can absolutely well, see it's no different than ghost adventures or whatever whether it's real or not yeah i actually have on that note an interesting sub story i'm ready for this so let me get to my correct page here we um, got the notes <laughs> oh yeah i have my handwritten ones this time oh yeah because i got them from a, a fun little book from the 1990s called the Sasquatch in Minnesota by Mike Quast. Oh, <laughs> all right. Q-U-A-S-T. There's a Quast. We're going with <laughs> spelling. It's the right spelling. Mike but, Q. Um, but this is about the Minnesota Iceman. Mm. So a dummy made out of latex rubber or a flesh and blood creature. What? 
Listen up. <laughs> so, in 1968, a Frank D. Hansen was touring the country, displaying a sideshow attraction billed as the Cyperscoey Creature. It appeared to be some type of hairy humanoid frozen in a solid block of ice. And he would go around with a refrigerated truck. Really? And like sideshows. This was in the 60s? 68. Yeah. Hairy humanoid frozen. It's a lot of adjectives. (laughs) Yes. Wow. (laughs) So a big frozen block of ice. You couldn't really see definitively super clearly what you it was under like a good like looking through a foot of ice at something. All right. Um, but it drew crowds and money. Later that same year, a Milwaukee herpetologist uh named Terry Cullen saw this exhibit in Chicago. And he was a reptile man. He has the herps. He had questions. <laughs> um, he called up this guy, Sanderson, who was the director <laughs> of the Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained, or the SITU. Dang, these people have good acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> and he told him what he saw. Uh, the story, as told by Hansen, the guy who was bringing it to all the sideshows, was that the Iceman had been found floating in the sea off Siberia by either Russian or Japanese sailors, and that he found it in a refrigeration plant in Hong Kong, and then was told from there, go bring it out, make money off of it, sideshow, you know, dude. So he was like, I found this in Minnesota. And was parading this this ice man around, okay. right? That was his original story. <laughs> it I mean, was I'm already, it was found in the water. It's already <laughs> riddled with plot holes. But yes. we're, let's move ahead. So, Damn. the the director dude heads over to Winona. Um, this is this Hanson guy's house with a doctor Bernard Hoovelmans. <laughs> Lots of fun names. That's a great name. Um, a famous Belgian cryptozoologist. Famous Belgian cryptozoologist. <laughs> of the 60s. And chocolatier. <laughs> yes. Um, na- <laughs> now, that one really got me. Sorry. Um, they examined it, the two of them, in a low-ceilinged refrigerated trailer mm-hmm. for like three days. December 16th through the 18th. Specifically. It's very specific. Um, Hansen wouldn't let it be thawed or moved at all, but they took lots of pictures. Um, They drew pictures and took a lot of measurements of it. Um, The Iceman was laying on its back with its right hand resting on its lower abdomen and its left arm thrown up over its head. Its hands were said to be very, very large, they appear. Uh, there appeared to be a break in the left forearm with protruding bones and some visible blood, oh. like it had been injured. And there was blood around the right eye socket, <laughs> eye socket, and the eyeball was hanging down the cheek, like in hostile. <laughs> <laughs> or the hatchet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then the left eye had fully left the building, wasn't oh. there. So something, something happened. Mm-hmm. So the body was covered in dark hair. The face, they said, was ape-like, but the body humanoid. Despite uh, their initial reservations, the director and the doctor became convinced 
it was genuine, and they published their findings shortly after. They thought it was a type of Neanderthal, like a new piece in human evolution. Okay. They thought it was, They weren't like, it's a Sam Squanch. You know, <laughs> they, they were like, but they thought it was a genuine specimen. Um, Which would be awesome, right? The Sanderson guy was cautious, a switch for him. He refused to classify him this way. He wanted more info. So he called up the curator of primates at the Smithsonian. No. Oh, my yeah. old job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smithsonian got involved. <laughs> Commodore. Um, around. The shortly after that, as the Iceman is going around on all the uh, these sideshows, <laughs> um, he seemed to have slightly changed in appearance. What? Excuse me. What? <laughs> Frank, what happened to Frozen in Ice? Uh, Frank Hansen explained it was replaced with a replica, mm-hmm. and that he wasn't the Iceman's real owner. The real Wait, owner. What was an anonymous West Coast millionaire? <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> who decided to withdraw the Encino Man (laughs) from public display. Hansen kept showing the copy and making money and bringing it around to a bunch of different places. Um, On April 21st, 1969, so like a little over a year later, Hansen came out at a press conference and said they were fake. The copy, the original man-made fabrications. His story of a Hong Kong... A, a showman's tall tale. Mm. Um, the Smithsonian contacted the FBI, though, oh. out of worry that the Iceman was a human victim of foul play. <gasps> After that, they they lost interest. The director and Sanderson were like, what we examined was real. Whoa. Right. Whatever we looked at was a real thing. They, to their death, I think they died in like 2001, were like, that... That was a real thing, what that we looked at. was a living thing. To confuse everything further, Hansen wrote an article in July of 1970 saying, I killed the ape-man creature of whiteface um, when he was up near Duluth Excuse in 19- me, what? Yeah, that was the title of the article. When he was up near Duluth in 1963, he shot one of three hairy man apes, quote... <laughs> In the left eye, then again for good measure, um, in the chest, hitting in the arm. Same injuries that the dudes who examined it described. Mm-hmm. Um, he returned to the scene weeks later to find it frozen solid by the Minnesota winter. He took him, stored him in a deep freeze until his military service was over, and then put it on uh, display. After the article came out, people just thought Hansen was a showman told Mm -hmm. tall tales the iceman it was last shown for the i thought this was funny for the last time it was shown in the spring of 1983 at a car dealership in rochester (laughs) (laughs) okay but also what if it really is a dude that was murdered and his last visible appearance what is a car deal a car now buried under giant stadium (laughs) yeah no. Yeah. Oh. And like it's a good that's reference. What, like the uh, the original dudes who looked at it never they were like that w- a person of foul play, a Neanderthal, they thought something something was like wow. it was real whatever whatever it was, right? 
That's crazy. So you could just run around and shoot hairy people? And freeze them in ice and then, and then parade them around them? at sideshows? Mm-hmm. To end in Rochester, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that um, believed to be the copy one made up like that a, was at- a mannequin or made out of latex rubber or something oh. of the like. Um, Hoovelman, though, the the doctor, he was unchanged, you know, throughout the whole time. He he stuck to it. In a book he co-authored in 1974, he reported his own findings of his own research intelligence work. He states that the Iceman was shot and killed in the jungles of Vietnam and smuggled back into the U.S. with illegal cargo with the Air Force, like with heroin. Uh, based on the known drug rings that operated during that time and the use of using slain servicemen's coffins. Frank Hansen, sideshow guy, served in the Air Force in Vietnam during that time, which would have been right before he started parading it around. So that's why this guy thought that Icemen or not, maybe... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it got really deep. Um, another, uh, a journalist, Jim Lucas wrote for the New York world journal Tribune in 1966 that, uh, us Marines in the demilitarized zones sometimes shot at jungle tigers, but had also on one occasion shot a huge ape. Countless soldiers reported ape like creatures while fighting in the dense jungles uh, despite Vietnam having no native apes which, within its borders. So Hoovelman still thought it was a Neanderthal man, not a Sasquatch, but he thought maybe Hansen brought it over from Vietnam. So where is the Iceman now? I think somebody's a fibber. Yeah. Will it ever be revealed? Did they not, <laughs> did they not do like a core sample? Did they not DNA test this thing? Before. Oh, I suppose it I, was be back before DNA and science. Right? Well, cause, yeah, because we're talking like late 60s, it was the right? Ice age. And it was reported and investigated by the FBI. But, yeah, and the Smithsonian. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think they did the dip on it. Well, and also. So Again, lot, lots of theories and stuff behind this, but a, a lot of, like, when people get into Bigfoot, especially in Minnesota, the Iceman usually comes up. That's fast. And I didn't even yeah. know about that one. So, yeah. And yeah. also, do I think it's much more likely that a giant undiscovered ape species exists in the dense jungles of Asia? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more I think, believable. I mean, it's not... I mean, how often in the last 20 years has a new primate species been discovered? I think... Maybe once a large primate species, small primate species or subspecies have been discovered. But in all that time, only one new species. And then one turns up at Ashley Schaefer BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine being at Rochester in the 80s? Just like, the hell? I feel like the 80s is the most appropriate decade. I'm here to buy a Reliant K car. (laughs) You're getting like a checkup at the Mayo. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) You're like Iceman at Ford of Rochester. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that's a really good story, though. But it 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 really wound all over the place, too. (laughs) I know. And I left out 
a lot <laughs> of just i read like, that you read that whole thing <laughs> like different uh you know different accounts because it wasn't just hansen there was like a couple other people who said they had interactions and then there was a a woman who said uh she was attacked by a sasquatch and what? then shot it and then it froze in the snow and that hansen like claimed credit for it and stuff and so so basically my theory on it is i think they just did a murder <laughs> And shot a man in the face. <laughs> Maybe you're right about that. And then possibly glued some hair on yeah. him and but then put him in a block of ice. Paraded it around Minnesota. Which would be quite like, the cover story because nobody's right? going to be like, well, that's a murder victim. Yeah. Because who would be brazen enough to do that? Yeah. Like, but then when they started like contacting the Smithsonian and it started getting big, like, oh, it might be a lost piece of human evolution. Hansen started being like, I had to give him back to the dude. I'm not the real owner. Just you kidding. Know, uh, I don't oops. have any millionaire to do. in California. He's like, I'm the dude in Hong Kong. Totally you know? not a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. No. This one's made of rubber now. So. so so here it is. Yeah. And the FBI was like, I don't know what this dude's about. <laughs> but we don't uh, have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it was there a was a lot going on in the 60s. It was a busy decade for the yes. FBI. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting That's tidbit. That's a good one. That's <laughs> yeah, a good it was one. A, a deep, a deep well. Wow. But, we know yeah. that there are murder victims in Minnesota. Again, if you yes. go back to the facts, <laughs> 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 there's yeah. more evidence that yes, indeed, there are murder victims. Um, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but, but I, yeah. like the fact that it may or may not have been paraded around as that's morbid a Bigfoot Ooh. or a Sasquatch. Yeah, Minnesota's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, still more interesting than every episode of Finding Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, and this still has so many crazy theories around it because it's like you get why those guys stuck to their guns because it's like, yeah, it probably was a a real specimen it was that a, they looked it was at a, or, or whether like it a was biological. a sasquatch or not they were yeah. like yeah i could see his eyeball <laughs> like, yeah it was the right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah dang morbid yeah. and fascinating yeah that's a good one nice work yeah it was worth the eight dollar ebook <laughs> i think <laughs> you should give me the name of that ebook if I'm, people want to purchase yeah. it the sasquatch in minnesota i believe yeah, there it's you go the sub note is historical tales of bigfoot I'll, I'll make a Bigfoot reading list on Goodreads yes. so everybody yeah. can. But um goes over a lot of historical accounts and then different things and a lot of like indigenous stories and uh, especially focusing on like Ojibwe here. And very interesting read. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. So, yeah. It was just like a, a guy who had his first encounter as a kid and then kind of, you know, went through it all his life talking to people around the state so pretty interesting mm-hmm. That's sweet. yeah do they have a name for when you go up big footing <laughs> is, is it a name squatching squatching nice. squatch on <gasps> isn't that their trademark <laughs> is it like the keep calm and squatch on i, I be, that has to be a bumper i sticker. would imagine that there have been more sightings and interactions with bigfoot just now because it's publicized mm-hmm. and but I, I think part of that might have to do with the fact that we don't spend as much time outdoors, right? And so for yeah. a lot of people, mm-hmm. these things in the woods that can be explained suddenly are not explainable. 
because they don't true. know. Kind of like if you took unfrozen caveman lawyer that you were just talking about and it, brought him what, in. Phil Hartman? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm just a caveman. Just, your lights and buttons frighten me. <laughs> frighten me. <laughs> If you took a person who's only lived out in the woods and brought them in, you know, to an office building, things would be very foreign to them. And I think yeah. the same is opposite in the other direction. Witchcraft. Right? <laughs> it's a computer. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. And I think it's, you know, it's a lot of people probably not knowing what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Or mistaking. Again, black bears be doing some weird shit. Yeah. They walk around on their hind... Like, I've seen that in person. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it through the woods in a glance. You're I've in a seen them ride stand. a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, in a circus? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, down London Road. <laughs> <laughs> he had fat tires on it. It is Duluth. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be that shocked. <laughs> the London yeah. Road Black Bear is huge. That's a real bear, by the way. It lives oh. on the lake walk. It comes oh, out. It's probably awake already. It's a huge, huge black oh, yeah. bear. Yeah. We had a we had a huge black bear by Kenwood, our old apartment building. Yeah, he they're was everywhere. gigantic and would open the dumpster Yeah, and just go to town. <laughs> yeah. In there. He was huge. Mm-hmm. Those garbage bears are concerning. Mm-hmm. But again... You see that from like decent distance away through some trees at like dusk. Well, and you don't see them enough for your brain to automatically go. I mm-hmm. mean, like, yeah, you see them and it takes you a minute. You know, mm-hmm. even now, like if I see one here in our neighborhood, which, you yeah. know, maybe a couple times a year, it still takes me a minute. And then I'm right. like, oh, OK, that's a bear. And they do all kinds of weird stuff. They're yeah. climbing on things. They're opening things. They're standing up. They're rummaging through your garbage. Mm-hmm. If you did see that at 35 yards away with rippling back muscles, you'd, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. you'd, you'd be like, oh my God, what the hell is that? You know, like, if I'm going to chase if, after that. No. Nah, right. Even though I'm crippled with fear. Never in my life have it's I been like, sympathetic nervous I'm going to chase after that. Right. No. 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 It's just. I've seen wolves in person. I've seen bear. I saw a mountain lion a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Oh, I told God, you about you that. You did. Remember? Never in my life. I saw that in my car and I was terrified. You're like, nope, no thanks. No. I emailed the DNR <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I have to let you know. <laughs> you need to know. Yeah. But that was interesting in that book as well. He interviews someone with a. Uh, Minnesota DNR. Oh. <laughs> and he's just like, we don't have Bigfoot here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, they're not yeah. real. Oh, I think it's important to note, too, that Reamer is not full of Bigfoot believers. Yeah, no, it's not. Skeptics. Right. A lot of skeptics. For sure. It's just a few individuals lobbied to have the town become the official home of Bigfoot because they have a really fun Bigfoot party every Mm -hmm. year. Right. And it attracts folks. Reamer's a small, small, small town. It's a fun event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun event, you know. So, again, do all the citizens of Reamer, you know, they they don't stand Bigfoot. They're like, nah, he's not out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it's a fun thing, you know. Yeah. Kids love to go to the Bigfoot festival. It's a good time. Yeah. So, we don't hate Bigfoot. No, and I will say, 
I'm not completely counting it out either. I've seen weird things I can't explain. Do I think they were Bigfoot? No. But am I like, was it a ghost? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> or was not- it like a- another dimension? So I'm like, I believe a lot of stuff that people look at me side eye for where I'm like, I can't judge the, the Bigfoot people too harshly because I have similar <laughs> similar well, things. Not all woo is created equal. All right. That's so fair. <laughs> when, it, when it falls into the realm of giant extant primate in the upper yeah. midwest that can be transdimensional that, and yeah. pop we out haven't of existence. even covered how people think bigfoot could be possibly from aliens turn into a mushroom yes, yeah. step out of time and space that it gets a lot weirder yeah. than some dudes going blah, 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 <laughs> in the forest yeah i mean it gets a lot weirder than that yeah you stumbled upon someone who believed that you couldn't catch a bigfoot because it would transfigure into a mushroom if you got yeah. close so um it gets a lot Don't look at me. <laughs> like an eight foot tall hairy mushroom no just like a little baby, a baby. just a little tiny like honey i shrunk the bigfoot like yeah. little tiny baby <laughs> mushroom. Yeah. so it gets much stranger than just bigfoot <laughs> there yeah. are people out there who th- who act like harry and the hendersons is a documentary it's true though i mean really there are and it would be cool if they were just into this magical thinking of like, this is so fun. What if we right. did go out and heard an awesome thing? And then again, my beef is with the people that are like, no, nah, no, nah, he's real. It's the definitive statements. There's definitely Sasquatch Where, here. Again, I don't think all Squatchers sure. are created equal in the sense of how rational they are. Because yeah. I feel like you can be like, I saw some weird shit. I want to look mm-hmm. into it. I want to believe I'm open to what learning about it. Yeah. And then there are people like... Go look for the evidence. I heard a knock that could just be, I don't know, a tree settling in the forest. <laughs> like, Did you hear that? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. Think, I, I think it's awesome if people are like, I really still hope there's evidence. I'm going to keep you looking. You should go look for it. You know what I found in the woods? I found a sheep. Uh, wait was it alive well but it didn't belong in the woods wait what no no it's for real a sheep it was it was walking through the woods wait just a sheep a sheep yeah in the forest in in the forest which it didn't belong there but i'm you know i okay either it probably took you a minute it escaped from a farmer yep or it's a transdimensional being, right? That's what I'm going with. I've transdimensional also, sheep trans- is a sticker. In the woods. <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. I once happened across a peacock. A peacock. Wow. In the woods of northern Minnesota. That doesn't belong there either, right? No, but no. I've seen it. So go out in the woods. Look for things. Absolutely. You, you might not find a peacock. Or a sheep. Or Maybe a you'll foot. find a sheep. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. But if I told you I found a panda, which I have not, it's still more believable than a Bigfoot because pandas have bones. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, in conclusion, mm-hmm. we're here for the conclusion. There's sh- sheep. Sheep in the forest. You might find sheep. Uh, Peacocks in the forest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that in Minnesota. No. But my mom worked with a lady who had a mountain lion as a pet. Oh, God. So um, people be doing weird shit. Yeah, you, you don't know what kind of animals, as we've discussed. In Moose Lake. 
a mountain lion. Yeah. Just like, this is fluffy. It, remember yeah. Schrodinger's alligator? Mm-hmm. It's, it's happening all over the place. Yeah. So I think we're all in agreement that <laughs> not enough evidence, excuse me, no evidence exists that proves Bigfoot lives in Minnesota. I agree. But we love the community. Yes. And I love how much people get into it. And it does, if nothing else, get people outside. Yelling at each other in the woods. Yelling at each other in the woods. Speaking in tongues. Whacking trees with knockers. Right? It's not hurting the tree. No. And (laughs) so if, if it is another activity that gets people to be physically active... Go out and listen for weird stuff. Right. And play, do things. Play Pokemon. Hatch some eggs. Yeah. I will get say out a, there. A lot of these groups want to protect Bigfoot habitats as well. Oh. So if it works out that way. If they can make a Bigfoot refuge, up. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Protect some swamps. Get out there. Mm-hmm. Some old growth. Yeah. See, there can be massive positive benefits to the weirdness that is the Bigfoot community. And yeah. we love you for that Bigfoot community. Yes. My, much do. love. Thank you for joining us, Commodore. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you for being our our first guest. (laughs) Thank you. Even though we don't have working headphones for you. (laughs) Hey, we're in season one. We'll 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 figure out the tech. We're not even at ten episodes yet. We're no working out the kinks. And those of you that are hanging with us, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening. And uh, I know everybody does a shameless plug on their own podcast. But if you are listening and you feel like giving us a review, that would be amazing. That would be great. Those five stars and and your actual reviews that you type are Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, And I want to shout out a reviewer because we do have a review on, um, on, on Apple Podcasts and... I don't know the person that left the review. I have no idea who it is. So um, I'm just going to grab the review really quick. And it's just really amazing to know that those of you that are following along have enjoyed it. And yeah. I, it's been really nice to hear. And I know we're weird. I mean, that's what that's what our goal <laughs> is. But um, so their their handle on Apple Podcast is, uh, I might be saying it wrong, but it's, it's typed out Mickey's Mon, which might be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And and Mickey's mom says, nothing better than having someone deep dive than deliver strange stories, legends, and lore straight into my ears while I do other things. Can't wait for the next episode to drop. So Thank you so much. Thank you. It made our day. <laughs> can, and- can we verify that that is not indeed a Bigfoot? Uh, I, I can't verify that it is not. Well, then instead of thank you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... Goblin Squad. Stay weird. Stay weird. We might have to edit this out to post. I prefer the Commodore. The Commodore. Okay. (laughs) We're going to start this over. We're going to call him the Commodore. That'll be his podcast name. (laughs) Oh, God, he has like an alias. That's what my family calls him. (laughs) (laughs) The Commodore. I don't know. The Goblin Squad. Welcome.
Okay. We're gonna do it again. We're just gonna. We're just gonna. We're just gonna keep going. Let's just keep going. I think. For fuck's sake. Okay. Okay. I think we should do your welcome, and then we should actually introduce ourselves. Like you should say, you're Brooke. <laughs> and I'm Sarah. And I'm the Commodore. That sounds a bit pompous. No, no, no. We, we will introduce you. We will introduce you. We will say we have a special guest. A secret guest. <laughs> Goes by the name, the Commodore. I have to take my glasses. <laughs> I'm like fogging up and laughing so hard. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs>